0: Hi everybody and welcome back to I mean Can We Discuss? I am your host, Astrid Ferguson. I hope everyone had a wonderful break, had a wonderful Thanksgiving with family and friends, and got to share some positivity and laughters and catching up on the good and the bad times. Or maybe you spent it on your own. If you did, I just hope it was relaxing and it was the recharge you needed, because we all need some. Rest and relaxation. But today, I couldn't be more excited to have one of my poetry sis in the guest chair. She goes by the name of Niamora. You're listening to, I mean, can we discuss? And I am your host, Astrid Ferguson. We will be discussing different issues that can be debated, articulated, chopped up, any kind of way. There's no real set way to this. It could be culturally, it could be socially. It could just be how we're feeling today. So you're here for the randomness, and I hope you're here to stay. So remember to subscribe, share, and tell me what you think. nia mora is an enlightening and empowering poet from harlem new york i hope we have harlem in the house yes nia has developed a love for poetry over the years and credits wonderful high school and middle school teachers with helping her to hone her unique poetic style With two master's degrees and experience as a high school English teacher, she has been able to further develop her craft as an author. Her debut poetry collection, She's Come Undone, explores themes of spirituality, motherhood, femininity, and self-actualization she is a poet who moves between the traditional and non-traditional styles with an ease that excites all who come across her poetry yes sis is a force to be reckoned with and i'm not gonna sit here and do all the talking for her let's just get right into it and find out more about Niamura.
1: I've always thought about starting a podcast, but then I'm like, I'm gonna run out of useful stuff to say at some point. Um, this is probably not the commitment for me. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I know myself. Like, I'll start off with the momentum. Like, I'll be a good four episodes in, and then be like, ah eh, you know what? This was cute. Yeah, yeah.
0: I mean, <laughs> I started, I started it because. Um, it's, oh, there she is. Hey,
2: hey, can you hear me? Yeah. Awesome. Hi. Hey.
0: <laughs> How are you guys?
2: We're good. good. We're good. That's awesome. Um, I'm so excited to talk to you, Nia. I feel like this is, it's going to be like brunch over the internet. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> we need some mimosas.
1: <laughs> I was getting I ready to say
2: that.
0: <laughs> yeah, i take mimosa in a minute. Yeah, same. <laughs> uh yeah, we were just saying, um, you know, Nia was saying she couldn't she couldn't commit herself to a podcast, but mm. I was saying I find it easier than blogging. Yeah, I,
1: yeah, that is true. It is a little bit easier than blogging.
2: I cuz I feel like you can sit down and just talk and then like edit it later and it's whatever, but I mean blogging and podcasts for me are both like I I'm just I feel like I'm still getting used to using Instagram. So I don't know how y'all do it. <laughs> uh Instagram
0: What's is that? a whole that's a whole different
1: podcast. Right. <laughs> <sighs> you see what happened to me in my blog like I was like okay I got it going on and then like oh no maybe I don't have it going on yeah yeah it it takes dedication and having a plan and all that
2: it's hard work
0: it so really I mean, is I'm learning
2: I learned from Astrid actually like if you just create really good content that can be for like all of the platforms so like if i wrote one really good blog post like i can use the pictures on instagram i can you i can post it on facebook i can put it on pinterest and it's like taking care of like all the birds with one stones
1: yeah yeah <laughs> definitely <can>. um <laughs> okay so we'll uh just get into
0: it I kind of did a brief introduction of you, Nia, but if you want to let everybody know from your perspective of how wonderful you are. Yay!
1: <laughs> oh, wow. Thank you. Um, I don't know what my perspective is. Um, <laughs> <laughs> okay, so let me see. How wonderful am I? Um, <laughs> I am a poet, performance poet, mom, wife. I feel like a good friend, um, but you know, I guess you have to ask other people's opinion of that. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, and I'm all around generally a you know a sociable and caring person, so I think that's you know what counts. right, exactly.
2: And can I just add that I would say that you are a great friend. I consider you to be a friend. So I can, I can vouch for you in that regard. <laughs> thank you, thank you.
0: <laughs> so with all of that, because I know you were a teacher or are, are still teaching, why, um, why poetry, why now?
1: Um, You know, poetry is my first love, and so this is kind of, you know, you always, they say you never forget your first love, Um, and Mm -hmm. I had never really forgotten about poetry. It was always just on the back burner and something that I didn't really just do publicly for a long time. Um, And then this year, there were just a lot of gentle nudges and strange people who I didn't usually do my poetry for asking and requesting poetry from me. So I realized like, I started seeing a pattern. So I was like, maybe it's now, maybe now is the time. And when the requests just kept coming and opportunities to do and to write and to share my poetry kept coming up, then I was like, okay, I'm going to, I'm going to dive into this right now. I'm not going to wait another second. I'm going to do it now.
0: And how, how long was the break, if you don't mind me asking?
1: 12 long years. Wow. Yeah. Wow. I was 12 years a slave. <laughs>
2: <laughs> <laughs> what, um, if you don't mind me asking, what made you sort of take this 12-year-long break?
1: Um, I think that it was a number of things that prompted kind of the break one of those things was I think at the start of the 12 years I had converted to Christianity and maybe converted isn't the right word because I'd always I'd been raised a Christian but maybe I'd fully you know kind of embraced my faith and I didn't necessarily find a place where I was writing about God in my poetry and I wanted to do everything for god um and i felt like that was something that i did that wasn't really about god it was just about gratifying myself so i kind of slowed down then um and then other opportunities that i was doing and seeking after in poetry weren't really coming for me and i have a husband who is not a creative and not necessarily um, an advocate for creating or supportive of creators, so he was in not in a gentle way saying, You should probably give this up, it's not working, sis. Um, uh, so- <laughs> I love how you said,
2: Not in a gentle way <laughs> <laughs> for us married folk, we know exactly what that means. <laughs> yeah, we got bills to pay. Yep. <laughs> know each other and have like met in person
0: yeah and for all of you guys out there in case you guys forgot lynn patterson is on here who she is also part of the can we discuss poetry book club so make sure you join in that even if you don't like poetry um you definitely will like poetry once you join
2: (laughs) (laughs) we're converting people yes (laughs)
0: we break it down we have discussions it's it's becoming a whole community so you know you need to join the force and of course even though this is about Nia Lynn also has a book coming out so you know we'll get to her later but just to you know give her a few a few pointers as well yes you guys forgot who Lynn was we wanted to remind you (laughs) (laughs) um and and so with that like one of the way Nia
2: like I I don't even know fully how we know each other just from (laughs) like my perspective you appeared to me on Instagram one day and I fell in love with you and then we started messaging um and just like you know sharing advice being like collegial whatever and then I just so happened to be in New York and we had brunch and talked for hours and giggled and found that we had a lot of similarities. And ever since then, we've been seeing each other at performances and uh, collaborating on um, Her Heart on Craft. Uh, So reading your book was so interesting because I feel like I, well, I do, like I know you right in person. And then so to see some of those things that we've talked about come out in your poetry has been a really like beautiful journey for me
1: oh wow (laughs) that's amazing I and I agree uh, that sounds uh, just about right and the brunch was extra special our
0: next question is what motivated the story of she's come undone and how did you come up with that title
1: um, I chose the title, I've, there's a poem in She's Come Undone. If you've read it, then you know that. But mm-hmm. if you're you know, listening and you haven't picked up the book yet, um, there is a poem in She's Come Undone. And that became the title poem of the collection. And I felt like I knew that the people who know me or think that they know me, who I've probably met in the 12 years that I wasn't writing poetry, when they see this expression and they see this side of me, they would feel like she—they heard my poetry and saw that side of me. Okay. Did
2: the book ever have another title before that poem was written?
1: uh no it didn't actually I had no idea what I would call it um I had no idea. actually had no idea what I would call it I had no idea how I was going to organize it and I was really and probably this is a time I should give like a shout out to a very good friend of mine Jaime who uh encouraged me to I was getting an editor in the process and he was kind of like what are you getting an editor for like don't they just do the grammar and stuff and so I was like no they like look it over look for consistencies and help me and they can help me organize it and I don't know how it's going to flow or anything and he was like I think you're more than capable you need to figure that out and you can and then I sat down and figured it out yeah
0: i mean yeah um i, and I think that's the thing with poetry Sometimes you can't force it. Sometimes you have to just just let it out and then you have to like switch from poet to editor mode once you feel like you've gotten all your feelings and, and you've got all the imagery out. Then you come back, you revise it one time. Then when you have somebody else read, then you come back, revise it a whole nother time. I know that's how I am. <laughs> <laughs> so that when I hand it over to the editor and they try to, you know, put it on the butcher block, I'm like, no, 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 that's what I was trying to say. What I need you to check is, are these commas in this period correct?
2: <laughs> yeah, I feel, I feel similarly too about the editing process. I never, I didn't think I would be so particular about it, um, mm-hmm. but it really, like, it really does make a difference in the way that we want people to like perceive our work um, and the way we want it to sort of like flow. You have to think about that when someone is even just moving from one page to the next, like how that emotional shift might happen um, in such a short amount of time.
1: Um, yeah. yeah. And I'm afraid the reader would be all over the place. And if I did not have somebody else to help me, organize it because I was all over the place in the process of creating it so I was like I have to organize this I can't but it worked out yeah Um,
2: I have a question a follow up question so we have a lot of um, poets who follow us and many who are like working on books or interested in books in the future Um, and one of the questions I've seen and heard people ask a lot is like did the did the poems come fir- first for you or did the concept of the book come first for
1: you and then the- you like collected the poems? I'm sorry I'm sure, I cut you off but no No go ahead go ahead you were ready. It's okay because yeah. um, definitely the poems um came first and I did not fully have um a concept. I knew that I needed to have a concept I felt like um, but the poems came first and that's kind of why there's a section that's like interludes because I wrote poems while I was writing the book and then it was like, well, they don't go anywhere. But then, and I mean, I guess for older people who buy, you know, who p- bought records and CDs and stuff like that, I guess young people because of the internet, you don't get this experience. But every, you know, artist had these interludes and this random something they created that they put on the album mm. which, you know, you don't know why it was there, but it, it fits some kind of way. And those poems, you know, I was like, okay, well, I'm not killing them, and I'm probably not the these thoughts either. So I want them in there too. So that's how I came up with that interlude section. Um, because I didn't have a concept before I started. I think in my next book I will have a concept beforehand, um, or do. I should say do since I started it already, but um I think that that might be easier to organize. This is this one. Oh, so you're dropping
2: uh future books on the podcast, Nia? <laughs>
1: yes, yes. I see how <laughs> you did that. So.
2: <laughs> <laughs> she mentioned it off offhandedly, but we heard you. We heard you, sis.
0: <laughs> Don't worry, I was gonna catch her in the end anyway. <laughs> <laughs> She just decided to put in the plug early. (laughs) So to follow in with that, so what do you want people to gain from your poetry?
1: You know, that's such an interesting question that has, um, I think, changed for me from the beginning to now. I think initially, um, you know, I wanted people to be able to, be inspired. I wanted people to take away, you know, this concept of freedom and uh, this concept of self-exploration and understanding. And now it's a lot simpler and I want people to take away what they need from it. Because what I found out and what I realized and discovered um, since I've released this book is that um, it goes into the hands of different so many different people who are at different stages and phases in their life someone sent me a picture from belgium a man a white man um sent me a picture in belgium my book and then there you know at an event i had a teen in high school buy a book so what they both need from me is two different things so to almost uh try and insert myself in what they need is kind of crazy so my hope though is that everyone gets what they need when they come in contact for me so at that moment if inspiration is what you need that's what you if freedom is what you need then that's what you receive If introspection is what you need that's what i'm able to provide for you because every person coming to me is in a different space in their life
0: Yeah, that's I mean, that is true. And then it depends on what phase you are in your life. Uh I always say you have to read a book at least three times in a different stage in your life to see how you feel. Mm hmm. So and you'll take something totally different all of yeah. the times. Yes. So I always say that that's interesting. But Um, To go along with that, like, so what do you want people to gain from your spoken word poetry performances? Because from your spoken word poetry performances, you do a lot of things that have to deal with, like, social issues and things of that sort.
1: And in that, I would like for them to take away... um the feeling and the understanding and be able to embrace what's happening and create an awareness and hopefully, you know, prompt, you know, some conversation or some dialogue based on what I have performed or what I have shared in that time. Because sometimes some of the poems that I've done, um, that I've performed, I've actually, when I wrote them, I didn't write them initially as performance pieces. I just wrote them. And then decided to perform them after, afterwards, and they're just like an aside from what I do most of the time, which is you know most of the time I'm in love. Um, aside.
2: <laughs> um, I had a follow up question. So you um, have sort of an interesting story in the performance uh, poetry space in that, uh, like, you are such a powerhouse, but you're actually, like, fairly new to performing poetry, or, or maybe you came back from your 12-year hiatus,
1: but can you talk about um, that journey with your spoken word? Yeah, you know, I, um, it's, it's, it's very exciting. And it is fairly, it is, but bo- it's kind of both what you said, like, I'm new on the scene, but it is off of a hiatus. Before my hiatus, I was like, I used to host an open mic. um, And I didn't mean I didn't perform a lot during that I was the host and I was okay with, you know, just performing one piece like at the end of the show I'd do something um and I would help curate the show and we went all the way we started in a bar and wound up in a gallery somewhere in Chelsea by the second or third year and we recorded a cd with all the poets who'd done it um during that time those two years or whatever and so it was like not something that was foreign to me but it was definitely something I hadn't done in a long time and also something that I had not intended on doing. Once I returned to poetry it was kind of like this was going to be a pet project so I was actually going to be like one of those Instagram poets with no face no identity no name just like a lot of words and you know a little floral graphic. Uh, <laughs> and my friend uh sat me down and he was like you can perform you can totally perform you should be performing so I'm really not interested in hearing your nonsense about why you can't do it and <laughs> right after that conversation I got my first invitation to perform at a high school and it was my first paid gig too and boom I was like okay I'm doing this now I guess and then right after that it just never stopped. Wow was
2: this um Jaime?
1: Yes you okay. guys can for
2: everything. Right. I
1: was <laughs> going to say, he needs a check. because
0: he... <laughs> <laughs> He's got good advice. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. N- no shade to the no names and no no faces, you know, artists out there.
1: Yeah, exactly. And I understand where you guys are coming from. That's where I was coming from. So yeah. no shade to y'all.
0: <laughs>
2: I think I when I started as well, I was anonymous too. Were you anonymous, Astrid? no I'm never anonymous I need you to know who I am yeah. <laughs> Sagittarius woman yeah
0: I, I yeah. need you to know who I am I need you to know the blood sweat and tears came from me yes <laughs> which is interesting because um, Nia Mora that's a pen name right
1: yes it is
0: so why Is that, was that your way of also keeping, I guess, some sort of privacy for your poetry?
1: Um, You know, I don't know if it was, it wasn't necessarily about privacy, but also in my real life, I do write and have a career as an author. And I knew that the audience I had already established wasn't necessarily in in poetry. And so I did not want to waste my time. I knew what it takes to build an author platform. And even though this was going to be just a project, um, initially just something to kind of just liberate myself I didn't wanna waste my time having my words fall on deaf ears either. I'd been quiet for too long. So I did not wanna waste my time trying to get those people who knew me already to accept these words when they were used to receiving something else. So I knew I had to start and kind of just start from scratch and establish something else. And it was also an opportunity for me to kind of regain some of my own um, identity so that my initials of Neamora are actually my maiden initials so it gives me that back in a way um even though that's not my you know maiden it gives me that back okay uh
2: follow up question for you from one of our readers in the book club so um Sarah Herring is a poet from Seattle and she was on our book club this month and really really enjoyed your book um one of the main questions she wanted us to ask you was just about your like background in writing so you had you were starting to get into like your you know other career that you have as an author um but talk to us just a little bit about your background as a writer
1: uh, so my background as a writer I've wanted to be a writer since I was four years old um and I wrote and wrote and wrote my whole life away and I went to I got a master's degree in creative writing Uh, my very first short story was published when I was in the 10th grade in a college journal the school of visual arts here in New York City that was like my first experience with publication um And then after that, I started my other career as a writer and in my other life as a writer, I am an award-winning author. I did win the Phyllis Wheatley Award in 2015. And... Congratulations. Thank you. Um, I've been favorably reviewed in Publishers Weekly and USA Today. Um, So that's like my deal. Like, I just love writing. That's great.
0: So just... Uh, so people know, you're all of this you've gotten from being a self-published writer, right? You don't have a publisher.
1: I currently do not have a publisher, no. Or oh, no, I shouldn't say I don't have a publisher. I am my publisher. I do have a publisher. I will not <laughs> allow the man to make me feel like, because I did it myself, I did nothing. I'm an independent publisher. Cause.
0: Go ahead, Leanne, yes, yeah, set the story straight. But... Um, <laughs> For everyone out there, when you are an indie writer, you are also your own publisher.
2: (laughs) Okay, I said, um, I have a follow up question for you. And that is self publishing poetry. Did you find that the research for doing that was different than the books you had published before or were you able to lean on
1: the expertise um I leaned slightly on the expertise I had already but I also did kind of go and look at in terms of you know how the book should be designed or you know size and all those things that kind of sometimes as creatives either we don't think about it or we just overly obsess about it and want it like to be so abstract that it's not even marketable. It's not even sellable. Like, you know, it's mm-hmm. so one of a kind that you're the only kind of person who wants it. Um, <laughs> <laughs> no shade. No shade. We'll <laughs> keep repeating that. No, shade. <laughs> <laughs> no, no shade at all. I'm just, I'm a creative too. So I understand like, that's something that it's, low on my list of I'm not a cover girl like the cover your cover could have nothing on it as long as a title you know I'm all for titles so mm. if the title has a good sexy ring especially some alliteration for me like I'm into it I don't even have to read the back of the book I will wind up buying the book and get home and be like what the hell did I just buy like what is <laughs> um all because of the title and nothing else and so I would get into- I had to. Th- I knew that I had to step out of like the left side of my brain and get into the right side of my brain, and go and you know be a little bit more of a planner and just focus, know, logical a little, a little bit.
0: Okay. So, um, to get back into your book, she's come undone. What uh, poem were you the most vulnerable in? And would you be able to read it
1: for us? Oh wow, the most vulnerable. Um woo. you know, <laughs> I feel like that was <laughs> that was a hard one for me to decide. I felt like I was um I was vulnerable all over the place. Like later on, I was like, girl, you wrote that down and put that down there. <laughs> 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 like girl get it together yeah. you need a, therapist. <laughs> Make a little bit of self-control you can't be this you all this stuff it's a form of therapy uh,
2: it's a form of therapy it,
1: it definitely it definitely is writing is very therapeutic i believe in writing for healing i've hosted uh writing you know writing for healing workshops so i definitely believe in it it was just like you know after the workshop my attendees generally they don't publish it to the world like it's Mm -hmm. in their bag and they leave with it and i was like oh put this out there okay (laughs) but i think that the most vulnerable piece i think for me is crushing crystal okay i came to him covered in stardust my body a convoy of crystals dancing at midnight i let him take me in his hands they did not look like a mortar and pestle but when sun rose i was broken crushing a crystal wow so what was the
0: feeling behind that one
1: and the feeling behind that one was when I recognized how much I had given up of myself in a relationship and found myself all broken and in shock that I was so broken and I'd allowed myself to be that broken and tried to retrace it like how did this how did this happen to me? How did you get here girl like what in the world is going on? What happened here? So after I, you know, did some introspection and reflection, that was that poem. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we,
0: I, I think us women, we could definitely relate. I'm sure we've all been there. Mm-hmm. Some point in our lives, some relationship. Maybe we there right now. Maybe mm-hmm. some of you guys are there right now. That's why you need to go get She's Come Undone. Um, get all your crystals back together.
2: <laughs>
0: <laughs> Put them together. Create your necklace again. You know. Um. So, as a writer, a poet, a teacher, a mom, a woman, um, a black woman, what message would you convey to any woman entering this industry?
1: it's yours. It is yours and you don't need permission. I think that you don't need any special timing. Sometimes we're waiting for a special timing. We're waiting for some sort of permission because I had actually, one thing that I had realized in starting back again was I had two years ago, had the impetus to begin this journey two years ago and didn't follow through with it for whatever I can't even remember why I stopped those two years ago when I started again um and so when I realized that it was literally two years had passed it was the exact same month that I had this idea it was like okay I have to do it and see whatever happens happens if I fail if it doesn't work if it's whatever if nobody wants to hear me nobody wants to hear me but I'm going to at least try but it wasn't about time. It wasn't about me. It wasn't about anything. It was about just just do it, girl. Don't let anything stop you and hold you up. And the things that you know we worry about typically, who's going to reject me? Who's going to receive me? Who's going to understand me? There's somebody who understands you. There's somebody waiting to receive you. There's someone, even if it's one person, and sometimes that's all it takes, because that one person knows five people that they're going to tell about you.
2: Um, I feel like one of the things that stands out to me about reading your book is it It like in some points almost feels like in like an instruction manual of like lessons learned um, that, I, that I'm just like, yes, when I was like 25 or when I was 22, like I needed this, this is what I needed to hear right here. Was that intentional on your part or or did you sort of write it as like things that you have learned um and just reflected on in your own life like how intentional was that
1: it was just things that i had learned and reflected on in my own life and knew i needed to concepts i needed to master going forward so that i don't repeat those same things because a lot of times We learn lessons, but we don't apply them. And so then we wind up having to sit in the same class all over again so that you can pass the test. And then it's like, how many times are you going to take remedial math? Girl, it's the same concept, (laughs) what are you doing? (laughs) Uh, So I had to like solidify this lesson for myself and say, okay, you were here yesterday. You will never be here again. Yeah, Mm. this is true.
0: Now. to to continue on that space of what you're talking about I know that for me I felt like when I was coming into the industry I used to think like you know maybe my story isn't interesting enough maybe it's not worth putting it out there maybe it's not you know sellable whatever the case is because everyone seems to write from a certain point or aspect, right? Social issues. Like right now with selling, it's like everything about Trump. Mm -hmm. But when I read this one poem, it was kind of like affirmation for me. Um, And it definitely made me sit and think and look at the whole writing perspective differently. And it's probably the longest one that you have. So I'll read it to you. It's called, I Should Be Somewhere in the Name of Love. I feel like I should be somewhere writing a poem of protest, declaring the target that the target placed on Black men in this decade is ridiculous. I should be somewhere using my pen for them, women with no voice drying inside because they can't say me too. I should be somewhere organizing a protest about closing the achievement gap, which shouldn't even exist. I mean, we built the pyramids, except I can only arrange every stanza into the shape of you and then the words betray me because they don't weigh enough to carry what I feel for you. And maybe this is a protest. Maybe admitting that I am a black woman who knows more than lust and has tasted the pulp of love on her tongue is righteous. Maybe this truth is dangerously revolutionary. When the scent of you filled with nostrils, it felt like I was breathing for the first time. And maybe when you freeze time to remind me that I am both human and divine, is a form of radical resistance because my mother and her mother and her mother were never able to express love or fully experience it. Maybe I am an activist and this poem is a rally in the name of love. I was like, wow.
2: Yeah, that was my favorite poem too. (laughs)
0: I was like where what a way to put it like maybe I don't have to have this deep you know controversial thing to talk about maybe I
1: just want to be still Yeah and that was definitely a place where I was at where you know figuring out if what I was saying was valuable and like oh I I have to write about this like stuff that's going on in the world is that's what people are going to be expecting of me but this is what I really have to say this is what's really on my heart this is these are the things that I want to write about Um, and that was the battle that day
2: you know I think it's like
1: also so poignant um because
2: I I mean I love all like forms of art and a lot of um sort of the indie art that's being produced um today if you think about like insecure um and you know just shows that sort of like following that same vein or just about like just letting not even letting but just showing black people as human you know like in yes. in their everyday lives and that in and of itself is a form of protest and i think that's why it resonated with me so deeply because we have to prove our humanity like every single day in these major ways but there's all of these little ways um that we have to do it as well which is like you know just being affirmed that we like deserve love versus having to show up on the front lines and like spill blood for other people's causes like oh i just like that that poem like gave me chills and i'm sure that it resonates with a lot of people for that reason
1: Yeah, I agree. And I think that that was part of it, too, was that that reality that that idea like, you know, black people, we have love. We have like real profound, deep relationships amongst one another. And I think also probably maybe playing in the background of my mind. um, And I can't think of the title of it, but um, it's much shorter. But Nikki Giovanni has a poem that is very much in the same vein. And it's like she's sitting down and the person, the speaker of the poet is talking to her mate. And as he's talking, she's taking off her clothes. And by the end of it, he's like, what are you doing? This is like, isn't this counter revolutionary right now? And she's like, I don't care. Like I'm not here for the revolution right now. I'm trying to create a different kind of revolution, brother. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Uh, It's some other soldiers I want to lead right now. And it was, you know, I think probably playing that was playing in the back of my mind also. You know, like we, can we, can we, can we have love and have revolution at the same time? And then in the face of oppression, I mean, Black love is the revolution. What slavery did to Black families, this is the revolution. When we have love between a man and a woman and we're not bred anymore and we choose and select our mates, like this, this is revolutionary, even if you don't intend to be.
0: Yeah, that's a, a really different way and perspective to look
1: at it. Because I know when I
0: always look at love, I always think of the cheesy and um, the extra romantic that I'm like, can we talk about all the other stuff? Because I have a hard time holding on to that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> the over romanticized type love. So that was that was definitely my favorite from your book. So, do you have any other questions for Nia, Lynn? Um, I asked all the community
2: questions. We talked about spoken word. I have, I do have one more question, but it's for my own edification, if you guys will let me. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so, Nia, of course, yay, yay. <laughs> okay. Um, so one of the things that I'm thinking a lot about and that I find challenging is being um, married and being a poet. And, um, like, one of the reasons I decided to be anonymous at first was because my husband's career is, like, very public. And, you know, I, I wanted to be able to write about whatever I wanted to write about without having to worry about his colleagues finding it or anyone, you know, Um but I also have started to find that, like, the deeper that I get into reflection and writing, I'm, I'm like, you know, writing about past relationships or writing about, like, maybe even an attractive man that I saw walking down the street. Um, and, like, sometimes I, like, struggle with how much of that that I want to share with people. Um, and I'm just wondering because you cover so many relationship topics in in your book um like how how much does marriage play a part of that or like relate your relationship um and where you like find that balance
1: probably um I don't have a balance. Um,
2: (laughs) (laughs) We're just going to keep it real.
1: (laughs) Um, I don't. I definitely, I don't think that I I have a balance. I think that I do um, reveal and share a lot without limitation, um, without thought of consequence. And that's also just because I have probably been filtered or felt filtered for so long. Mm that I don't um, mind sharing. And also just in general and in life, I am just very much an open person and know that I can stand behind my word or any word that I say. Like if I say something, you know, behind your back, if you ask me, you know, I heard that you said, I'm gonna be like, yeah, I did say that. Did they quote me right? Because it was supposed to be a comma, not a period. <laughs> in that part of the <laughs> um, So I don't mind sharing especially when I realize that I've had a revelation or that it can become revelatory for someone else Mm. so I don't really mind sharing and then in terms of thinking about um your partner etc uh I've had this conversation with my partner which is am I different now than when you met me and so then that becomes no you were a poet then so what were you expecting to get Mm. in the end, you know, you don't buy white milk and expect it to turn chocolate. Either you get something to make it chocolate or you buy chocolate milk, but you know that you took home regular milk. So, you know, you brought home a poet. What were you expecting to get in the end? Um, I can't give you anything else except what I got. Mm.
0: Um. I, I know this question was geared towards Nia, but I... Jump think in, I please. <laughs> from my side, from being married, the way I view it is like, when I married you, we became one flesh, right? My husband is also an artist. He draws. But the way that him and I guess because we're both creatives, we can agree to this, it's that when he is painting... That is his vision. That is who he is. That is his form of expression. Who am I to tell him how to express himself? So when I am creating, when I am writing, when I am doing my poetry, this is my form of expression. This is my vision. I can be selfish here. So when we married each other, we married each other to go through things, but It doesn't say anything that you're supposed to put words in my mouth. I'm still who I was when I married you and I'm still going to leave being that woman. So I feel like your job as a spouse is to support me in this vision, whether it's about you or it's not about you. That doesn't matter. It's the support that matters. So you don't have to agree with what I'm saying. You don't have to like what I'm saying. You just have to support the vision. Is the way that I view it, just like how you would support him and whatever decisions that he chooses as a professional, um, because that's that's what you're supposed to do as you know spouses. Um, it should not, it should not silence or alter your voice because this is your form of expression. This is the one area where you are allowed total freedom to an
1: autonomy. Yeah. An
0: autonomy. So this is the one place that you should not even allow to be silenced or altered in any kind of way. And that includes your spouse. Mm
2: -hmm. (laughs) Thank you. You can put that in or keep that out. That was good life advice for me.
0: (laughs) I mean, hey, look, there are very few places where you can be that. And this is one of those. It doesn't matter if it's a spouse, a friend, a loved one, a parent, whatever. This is your voice, your vision. You put out what you want to put out. And you're not doing it for anyone else but yourself. If somebody finds themselves in your book and they relate, to your words that is great but as a poet as a writer you're
1: really doing this for yourself mm-hmm. this is your Anybody, right and anybody who would wish to you know what I say to people anybody who would wish or have trouble with the way that they're portrayed in a piece that I've done if you wanted to be portrayed different you should have shown up differently hmm I'm only portraying my experience as I received it. So you should have shown up differently if you wanted to be seen in a different light. Mm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <I'm> <laughs> I mean, we, to-
0: we giving <laughs> out married advice here. I know. Her
1: <laughs> I, know.
2: <laughs> I have a I have a few quotes from this episode that I the uh I'll send y'all. the one about the classroom i had to write that one down
0: so do you have any future events or projects in the works nia that you want everybody to know about
1: Uh, Yes. Stay tuned while I have not decided or established the release date yet. It is in process and will be coming soon. Bullet Wounds and Broken Hearts. And that will, that collection will encompass both. Yes. Some love poems, Broken Hearts, right? Um, Mm -hmm. Bullet Wounds that will feature some of my pieces that are more politically inclined or based on issues like police brutality and those things that again do leave us brokenhearted um at the same time cool
0: cool so So, yeah stay tuned for that
1: everybody um and
0: do you want to tell everyone where they can find you and where they can purchase the book
1: she's come undone absolutely um you can find me on instagram at poet niamora you can find me on twitter i'm not as successful on twitter as i am on instagram though (laughs) um but (laughs) if you want to tweet me because i had a woman ask me that she was really pressed about it i felt so bad like i was like "Eh?" like i tweet like once a week she's like i love twitter and i was like, I'm there, I exist there, but you know, (laughs) it's like my second home. It's like my resort, you know, for the winter, like that's where I go. Um, I'm not there all season. Mm -hmm. So you can find me on Twitter, same handle, poet Niamora. You can order She's Come Undone. If you would like an autographed copy with Kisses, all over your envelope um then you can visit my website Niamora.net. that's also where i blog sometimes so you should stop by there read some of the old blogs get ready for the new blogs and otherwise if you're out of america then definitely you want to go to amazon um, or barnes and nobles so you can order the book there
0: so there you have it, it. guys if you, if you don't have any other questions for her, Lynn, then that concludes our interview.
2: Yay. No more questions, but want to make <laughs> sure to say happy birthday to you, Astrid. Your birthday is tomorrow, right? Yeah. Yes. <laughs> so happy um, for you and also to. Um, officially announced that our next book our December book club read will be Astrid's book which comes out tomorrow (laughs) Uh, The Serpent's Rattle you you can give them all the details on where to get it but if you would like to join um, in on the book club just find us at can we discuss poetry um, purchase the book and participate in a wonderful conversation um, with us and other readers
1: Yes, that's going to be a great discussion. <laughs> Thank mm-hmm. you,
0: you guys. Uh, yeah, you can get the book on Amazon, Barnes & Noble's, Uh It'll be everywhere. You can also directly contact me if you want signed copies. I've been getting more people saying that they want signed copies. I didn't even really even think about that. I kind of felt like you have to come see me to get a signed copy. But I'll make sure I have some of those. Um, and there's a special reason why I did it that it comes out on my birthday which is pretty much my gift to the world of finally releasing all those demons so thank you you guys and thank you for coming Nia it was great having
1: thank you thank you for having me yay you guys are my first podcast interview Yeah. <laughs> <Woo! laughs> It's only fitting that we would get to do it together,
0: you know. Yes, we broke your podcast, Cherry. <laughs> I was gonna say that. <laughs> Y'all would, Nia and Astrid after
2: dark. <laughs> I'm still learning.
0: You know, that that might be a future project. Don't don't you know. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Don't don't scratch that off your list just yet. There might be a future project,
1: oh right, well, okay, well, thank you so
0: much for coming,
1: you guys, and that concludes thank you, thank you for having me. I'm so glad you had me. um, I remember one day, like you were posting uh you know past episodes, past episodes, and I was just like, "You know, who do I have to sleep with to get on this
0: podcast? <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> and here you are.
0: <laughs> we had you on the list, girl. we had you on the mm-hmm. list. But thank you so much. And that concludes, I mean, can we discuss? Until the next time. See you later, guys. (laughs) And that was a wrap for today. Thank you so much for listening to, I mean, can we discuss? Don't forget to subscribe, follow us if you want to see what we're up to, what projects we're up to, and enjoy the rest of your day, night, wherever you might be. I was your host, Asher Ferguson, signing off.